Everyone thinks of him as a hero now. But I share his feelings, and he's touched my soul. And right now, I would give anything to run my fingers through his feathers. In these galaxies, every possible reality exists. And what is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others. Here, all is real and all is illusion. What is, what was, and what will be start here with the words, In the beginning there was Howard the Duck. George Lucas presents an electrifying new comedy, Howard the Duck. More adventure than humanly possible. Hello, everybody. You are listening to a new episode of Spartan Crazies. This is Ryan with Tim. And uh, we're going to start out with uh, some football today. Got some news this week uh, with regarding three guys. Uh... I guess that uh, we expected decisions from. Um, Jaden Reed is the first one. Obviously, he's the big fish, I guess. Uh, he announced he is returning. Well, I guess we're going to talk about four guys. I don't think we talked about Jalen Naylor last time. So, uh, Jaden Reed is announced he is returning to MSU for his senior year which is obviously humongous news. Uh, he was a 1,000-yard receiver last year. Uh, crazy company, actually, that that is uh, with since 2000, MSU has had six 1,000-yard receiving seasons, uh, not including Reed last year. Um, those guys are Charles Rogers times two, his only two seasons. He had over 1,000 yards, obviously. Uh B.J. Cunningham, who is the all-time receiving yards leader in Michigan State football history. Devin Thomas, who had that one huge year and went to the NFL in 2007. Uh, Aaron Burbridge, his senior year, he had uh, over 1,000 yards. And Tony Lippett, whose senior year, he had over 1,000 yards. It's a pretty damn good company. So Jaden Reed... We'll see if he can do it again. Uh, like become the first guy to have two thousand yards uh, receiving seasons uh, ever since Charles Rogers. So uh, that is huge news for the Michigan State football team. I mean, he is a game changer. Uh, takes he can take over games by himself. Obviously. He's a guy you can throw a fade to and have him go up one-on-one, and you can trust him. I mean, you saw it multiple times last year. And uh, just huge for, I mean, him and Peyton Thorne, if you didn't know, went to high school together, you know. It hasn't been mentioned a thousand times. Uh, so they have a very close relationship and have years and years of chemistry. So, uh I was very happy when I heard that news. I, I thought he might go pro. Uh, however, Jalen Naylor decided to uh, is deciding to take his talents to the NFL. Um, I was surprised at first when I heard it because I thought I didn't know if Reed was coming back or not. But once I heard Reed was coming back, it kind of made sense because the targets aren't going to be. There's only so many targets to go around, I guess. And uh, if Reed wouldn't have came back, I think that uh, Naylor 
would have came back this year. But, I mean, the thing with Naylor is that he's a guy who can stick in the NFL just based on his speed. He has blazing speed, and uh, you don't find that everywhere. So I don't know if he's going to get drafted, but I, I, I really do believe that he's going to wind up making a team as an undrafted free agent this uh, fall because he has that speed, and somebody's going to keep him around. So, I mean, I think he could have used another year, but I get why he left. So... Uh, good luck to him. I hope he does well in the NFL. Uh, next guy I wanted to talk about, <coughs> excuse me, what is um, Xavier Henderson. So Henderson, obviously captain of, on this team, was a captain in every single game this year. I think he was the only guy on the team who was a captain in every single game this year. Uh, clearly the leader of that defense. And, yeah, the secondary struggled this year, but he's – a pretty damn good player. He struggled in the back half of the year, but was a, playing at an All-American type level for half the season. Um, it's, he made it sound like throughout most of the year, especially after the Michigan game, that he was not going to be back next year. But like I said, he struggled later in the year, and that I think kind of forced him to come back. Uh, but yeah, that's huge for MSU because he is a really good player. Uh they can use all the help they can get in that secondary, and I'm happy he's coming back. So watching him and Jaden Reed next year as seniors should be fun. Uh, I'm excited about that. Next up, I don't know if we hinted, hinted at this last week, but this has kind of been going on for probably a week and a half, two weeks. Jeremy Bernard, who signed with Washington, so wide four-star wide receiver in the 2021 class. I, hey, he went to high school with Caden Hauser. So if you guys haven't gotten tired of listening, uh, hearing how Peyton Thorne and uh, Jaden Reed went to high school together, be excited to listen to hear how Caden Hauser and Jeremy Bernard went to high school together. So, you know, it's a never-ending cycle here. I mean, honestly, I kind of hope it goes on because that means, you know, they're getting two good players. But, yeah, so he... Signed with Washington. They fired Jimmy Lake in, I think, November, like early November, their old coach. And MSU then opened up a communication with Bernard because it was, it felt like they didn't know what was going to happen with his wide receiver coach there that he signed with, Junior Adams. Well, the new staff, uh, Kalen DeBoer, actually retained Adams, and then two weeks later, I believe, Junior Adams decides he's going to go take the wide receiver coach job at Oregon. So this opens things up right with Michigan State. Justin Thin had a really good – I listened to his podcast yesterday with him and Corey Robinson, Spartan Spotlight. They do a great job. Uh, Apparently, Jeremy (coughs) wind up – wound up actually his family wound up driving to um Seattle and they were going to they had his stuff all packed up he was getting ready to move in there and he got there and he asked where Junior Adams was and their staff said yeah he's taking the job at at uh Oregon so as you can imagine I'm sure they were really happy to hear that when they got to campus then 
So he then asked to be released from his LOI, and Michigan State wound up. And it was Michigan State, Oregon, and USC wound up reaching out to him, and MSU wound up winning it out in the end. So he's he's a big talent. Um, this wide receiver class MSU has coming in is really really good, and they're rich get richer there. So excited to see what he can do. He might make an impact this year. Who knows? But there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. So. Glad MSU was able to pull him in. But, yeah, recruiting stuff is crazy, man. I mean, kid gets out of his LOI. That, that would have never happened five, six years ago, especially with a team, uh, with a school that has that team on the schedule for the next two years. There is no way in hell they would have let him out of his LOI. <laughs> so that thought that was pretty interesting. I think it's so interesting how just the entire landscape of college sports has changed over the last four or five years just based on stuff like that. So, yeah, like I said, MSU plays Washington this upcoming fall in Seattle, and then they come to East Lansing uh, in 2023. So that'll be an interesting storyline, especially if he's playing. So keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, that's uh, pretty much almost everything I can think of for football. Uh, obviously, it's kind of the slow season. There's not much going on. We'll see what happens with – I mean, the transfer – uh, transfer portal is kind of slow right now, and as Justin and Corey mentioned on their podcast, MSU is going to keep it quiet because they have a good history with guys in the portal. So if MSU offers a guy, wouldn't be surprised if there's a bunch of copycats just based on what MSU's done with the portal in the past year. So just something to think about. I mean, if you're if you're getting if you're itching for some news. Don't really expect much of anything because these portal guys that they they a lot of them tend to keep it quiet because they've already been through a recruiting process. They just want to find a new home and get it done with. Um, so it's something to just keep an eye out on in the next couple months. They I think they have like six slots left, so those guys will probably all be guys that enroll in the summer. So yeah, that's all I really got for best for uh, football. Tim, if you want to go ahead and take it away from basketball, because I know there was a lot of stuff that happened. Yeah, well, that's um, to say the least. Uh, we'll start with one, um, a 2023 basketball commit. It's the first in that class for uh, Michigan State. Jeremy Fears. Um, he's playing in the school that a lot of Spartan fans would be familiar with, La Lumiere. Uh, that's where um, Triple J came from, and you know other <laughs> Michigan State recruits that didn't want wind up so well. Ryan Bowen, um, Isaiah Stewart, yeah. Tiger Campbell, long list. I'm sure I'm missing Keon Brooks. I'm sure I'm missing some guys. Yeah. Um, so honestly, if you think about it, it's like a worse school for Michigan State than good. But um, Jaron Jackson was a superstar, one and done. Um, Jeremy Fears, he's playing at a, you know, a prep school that produces NBA talent. That's a good sign. Um, he's a point guard, which I find kind of interesting. I think we could have a long conversation about that. Um, but I would say he's definitely, um, other than what people say are concerns about his jump shot, um, he's definitely a, a good fit for Michigan State because he's extremely athletic. He's going to be you know, exciting in the open court. He can get to the bucket, which is important for a point guard. Um, has the potential to be a very good defender. That sounds about right. 
Right, Ryan? So these are all you know, definitely good attributes. We'll see when the time comes. I just find it interesting that they could have Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard still on the team with – am I getting this wrong? No. Hogard would be gone. No. He's got an extra COVID year. Okay, so it is possible they'd also add Holloman, Trey Holloman, who's a point guard. Um, I think that you're seeing Hogard play off the ball a little bit. I see a little bit of a future there, you know, possibility-wise, right? Like, he can definitely guard bigger positions. And um, not that he can – he's necessarily a knockdown shooter, but – Hogard has been playing off the ball. Yeah, this is uh, kind of confirms to me that uh, either one of these guys is going to be transferring or uh, somebody's going to get moved off the ball. So it, Ryan might be right. There might be a transfer. Definitely a crowded point guard room right now. It's just something to keep in mind. I mean, you could even see a, a decommit. I hate to say that. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, for one... Holloman is he's already signed. Signed, yeah. but I'm talking about fierce. Now I I'm with you. I don't think that's going to happen. But in this day and age, things are different. Who knows how this is going to play out? But what I do know is there's they've got a lot of point guards right now at Michigan State. I mean, and it's like a good a, problem to have. A good, that's a good thing because we saw what happened last year. Yeah, it's happen. probably a reaction to that. But that being said, um, Jeremy Fears, you know he had. Um, his top three were Illinois and Michigan. Direct competitors in the Big Ten um, in recent years. All right. <laughs> I, I want to make a comment on the stupid stuff I was reading from Illinois fans about this. So Illinois fans have started some kind of, well, we cooled on them. You know, we didn't fit our offense. Yeah, they, they said that he wanted a place where he was going to be pretty much promised minutes. Yeah, Tom Izzo is promising a guy that he's going to start as a freshman. I'm sure that that's happening. So, and I'm sure that you guys just turned away a guy from who's from Illinois. He's from Joliet, which is outside of Chicago. A top thirty kid. I'm you know I'm sure that happened. That, let him go to a rival school. That I'm sure that makes complete sense. I mean, whatever you guys want to do to make yourself feel better, but I too saw this tweet. Um, I can't comment if it was just one it's absolute moron. Message. They're, they're more. They're, they had people on their message. Okay, posting sure. This You're always gonna have the the kooks and any yes. big uh, fan base, but um, it doesn't really matter at this point because now he's committed to Michigan State. Hopefully, that doesn't change in the future. But um, what I can say is Tom Izzo is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Jeremy Fears makes comments that he's a Hall of Famer. He. I mean, this does matter to kids. Yeah. This it's a, it's a feather in the cap, a golden feather in your cap, um, to be a Hall of Famer. It means something, and the reason he is is because he's been successful. It's not crazy to think a kid would just like Michigan State more. Yeah, that'd be nuts, you know. So who who would want to go play for a coach that's won like eight Big Ten titles and been to? Seven Final Fours. That didn't make any sense. Eight Final Fours. Eight, sorry. You, I sold him sure. short by a Final Four. Did he mention he hasn't missed the tournament in all these kids' lifetimes that, that are being recruited? Just saying. Yeah, it's true. Think about it. You're 
you're getting recruited like, well, if I go to Michigan State, we're definitely playing in the NCAA tournament. Right. I mean, that's plain and simple, period. Um, that matters. But anyway, we don't have to sit here and convince people. I think we're all convinced, probably people listening. Um, it's a good pickup. The point guard spot is going to be interesting. That makes me... That's why I, when this happened, I'm thinking, wow, that's great. But also, huh, what's going to happen? Yeah, um, this all but confirms to me that Akins is never going to really be a pure point guard here either. I don't really think that that's a bad thing. Because yeah, he, can, he can defend the two. I was going to say maybe even the three, but I don't know how much we've seen of that. Um, he's <laughs> shooting well enough to be a shooting guard. That's what the position is called. So I, I have no problem. With they that. ran a sort of like a pin down for him. He he like did a little um, step back and hit. I mean, he's been impressive, man. It's like if Max Christie didn't exist, I feel like Jaden Akins could make an all <laughs> freshman sort of team. Or, yeah, honestly. Um, but we're getting sidetracked. <clears throat> Big pickup. Um, you know, always good to have these top 50 sort of kids commit to your program. That's it's a great easier. way to start a class. I yeah, mean, that's people, a very people, easy... People uh, want to come play with point guards the way that they want to come play with quarterbacks in football. So It's a guards game, the, the college game. That, all that can do is attract better players for you to come in that class. So, um, let's talk about the game last week. Uh, Nebraska... It was um, sort of a frustrating game. I thought Michigan State kind of played poorly. Um, not just because of like the point score. It was just a general sort of lack of energy. Marcus Bingham didn't get played in a lot in the second half. Uh, some people are speculating that he's in, um, in the doghouse, which I think is probably true because Izzo made comments about it in the postgame presser saying that if you're not going to um, put forth the effort, then you're not going to play. And he also made a comment, which I, I just want to point out right here and now because I'm thinking of it, that his assistants handle a lot of the substitutions. Um, and so he was saying he didn't necessarily keep Bingham out, but it was I, the way he said it made it sound like there was a clear understanding between him and whoever was subbing that there was a reason he was on the bench. Um but a lot of times people are like, what is Izzo doing with these combinations? Yes, Izzo is in, f- in charge of all of this. But there are literally other coaches doing the substituting combinations. And I think we should just all know that. Not to take any heat off of anyone. It's more of like, this isn't exactly what Izzo's doing in this moment. Maybe um, uh, an assistant coach is really messing up. Maybe... Dane Fife was bad at his job last season. I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe. It's possibility. Yeah, he definitely definitely didn't get ripped by everybody last year. I mean, it could be DJ Stevens. It's impossible for us to know, but um, I like Stevens, so I just didn't want to throw him in there. Um, <clears throat> Dane Fife's gone. You can, you can say whatever you want about him. <laughs> I think it was cool and funny. I don't know about the coaching though. I, I literally don't know. Yeah, I don't. Either. It's hard to. I've know. heard. I've heard things both ways. Let's so. not. Let's not. This is this, this is this is. I'm completely sidetracking. So keep, keep talking. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the Ken Palm spread was 17. Yeah, it was 
for this uh, game. Vegas spread was 15, so they didn't cover that. There was like some deep threes in the end of the game. It would have been close, the 17. It would have been very close. Um, But that... That's like just an excuse. Like Michigan State wasn't 17 points better really in this one. Um, first half was just kind of a disaster in my opinion. I think bad half of basketball. Offense with the turnovers. I mean, this was the big talking point of this game. 19 turnovers. But it was something crazy like they were at like 14 at half or something like that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It was now that it's been a little bit of time, almost a week since then, I can't remember how many were in the first half, but um, it was unreal. And you know what? He's had some really good games. He's done some really good things. But A.J. Hogard, this was a stinker from him. Seven turnovers and just sloppy. Yeah. Like, like, we talk about these are unforced errors. Yeah. But Izzo's offense... Moves the ball a lot. Um, there's a reason they're always so high in the assist rate. Because they're passing the ball around. There's a very little, like, you know, get this guy the ball and he gets a bucket type stuff. Um, that's the reason they have so many turnovers, like, year in and year out. Because they're passing more. <laughs> but, A.J. Hogard, this was just him giving the ball away. There's no other way to put it. What a terrible game from him. Now, the other point guard had two, um, and Tyson Walker's first half was bad. But I don't know if you remember this, Ryan. Halftime, um, what was the score? It was Michigan State was up uh, four. Uh, The offense comes out with Tyson Walker, who's barely taking a shot, and he is just attacking i mean he is just going for it um no doubt in my mind there was a conversation had at halftime uh regarding the way tyson walker was playing um a little pedestrian and it actually had been happening for the past two games before that a little pedestrian from tyson i think he thought he found his role then kind of got a little casual because he was overconfident in his role. But his role has to be, you know, that energizer bunny, initiate the offense, have a scoring spark because he can. And he comes out and just takes a three, hits it. or I don't remember the sequence of threes, but he goes two for three, and he hits two in the second half. And there was clearly this extra edge. And Izzo's known to challenge guys that, at halftime, you know, and when I say challenge, I mean, are you good enough to, you know, defend this position, to run this set? Like, can you do this? Go out and prove it to me. That's that kind of challenge. You know, the classic Izzo, I'm sure he says it really nicely. Um, he came out clearly having said something, and I think that that second half against Nebraska was transformative. I honestly do. Because... There was far less turnovers. It was like five or six in the second half, maybe seven. I, The numbers are close to that. Um, but they looked hungrier. And, of course, they won by 12. Uh, so their second half was better. But um, minus some 
deep threes that were just, you know, mostly prayers to at the end of a game. They were, you know, up like 15 or so in this game at the end. Um, actually haven't come out and playing hard with energy. And I thought that was a perfect way to end the game, even though it was a bad game. Um, do you have anything to say about Nebraska? Nebraska's really bad at basketball. That's pretty much all I have to say. <laughs> so, so you think that there might be a little cause for concern? No, because... not really. I mean, it's just one game. I mean, but they haven't played well for since the Oakland game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they have this mid-season type of wall every year. They might, maybe we'll see. Maybe they drop a game coming up here because they got a rough stretch coming up. Maybe they drop a couple, uh, but I'm not that worried about it. I mean, it's typical midseason lull, and then people freak out, and then everything gets back to normal. I'm I'm just I'm just not worried about it. I'll say this: usually, when a team isn't playing very well and is just skating by in a win streak, that Usually it doesn't end in a longer win streak. <laughs> right. um, there's probably going to be a loss for Michigan State soon. Now, it could have been against Michigan on Saturday at the Chrysler Center, which, you know, say what you want, probably would have been filled up for this game, maybe because a lot of Spartan fans were there. But the game never ends up getting played. Um, Michigan uh, late... On Friday night, when Michigan State was already in Ann Arbor, they were staying at a hotel in Ypsilanti, um, they you know, had test results come in, sent to the Big Ten that they don't have seven guys and a coach, and they get this game postponed. Um, Tom Izzo today, he said he had no problem with the way that they handled it. Some reports are saying that Michigan State isn't very happy. Brendan Quinn of The Athletic reported that that's true, that they're not very happy with the way it was handled. But, you know, Izzo is probably being a little diplomatic today. He's not going to publicly... Right. He was probably being a little diplomatic today. But that being said, um, I mean, let's put it this way. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. My, basically, I don't want to get this far in, that far into this. <coughs> However, a lot of schools would be given the benefit of the doubt. They don't. And that. I feel like Michigan is really pushing that. They don't get the benefit of the doubt. Either. And if you're a Michigan fan and you think just wholeheartedly that they would never in any way use this in any slight advantage to get any slight of an advantage, be it like we just can't, we're way too, we go into this game without a starter and with seven men, which is what would have happened against Michigan State. It's going to be another loss. We need to recoup. These two guys had COVID earlier in the week. They're not all the way 100%. We're going to put them at, you know, as unavailable too. They did that with, they had two guys that didn't have boosters and they said that they, since they came in close contact with a guy who had COVID, that they would not be available. Right. And you could, uh, we could all sit here and say like, this is all legitimate, but let's be real. How easy would it be for them to be like, yeah, this is just a really bad time for us. We need to get like this game postponed. We, we don't want to 
say we had seven and can't play. So we'll just do move this here or there. Now, if you're thinking, why would Michigan ever do that? Well, why would they not want to play this game full strength? That's one right. A, like extremely easy. Two, they're high level competitors. You know how bad these guys want to play. Okay, first of all, <laughs> they could have played Illinois last year. It's not it's 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 not the players making this decision. Well, that either. and no, but listen, they could have played Illinois last year, fully healthy. I thought they were competitors. All right. They didn't want to play. You know why? And this is exactly what happened. They said that because they hadn't been able to practice as a full team coming straight off, that it they should be able to push this game. Oh, boo-hoo. Michigan State went and had one practice and then flew out to Rutgers to get their shit kicked in by 30 points last year. My boo-freaking-who. My point is, is what? They're such competitors that they couldn't play last year even though they were fine. But it was this. It was not an advantage for them to go do that. But now they're such competitors they would never do this. That's baloney for sure. And um, if this game if this game was the other way around, Michigan would be begging for this game to be played. So I don't want to hear anything from their fans. MSU fans are being ridiculous. You were in our situation. You would be complaining and bitching nonstop too. So listen, I don't want to hear it. If you're a Michigan fan, why – are you so sure that they would never do this? It just keeps they happening. They have a track record with this. That the, the, Their entire athletic department has a track but record. But no, think, this. put your head in a, a real person's... Why are you so sure? Like, because of their integrity? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not saying they don't have integrity. I'm saying, like, you're just like, they would never do that. They like, have a this keeps... There's no way that this just keeps they, happening. Their football team ducked... Three football games last year because they didn't want to play because they sucked. Their basket, their uh, sorry, their hockey program didn't play against Western, who was the number one team in the country at the time. Didn't want to play them. Didn't play the game last year. You already mentioned the Illinois thing. Well, they they, they also played they that, game. Played that game. They said they, it wasn't fair because they hadn't been able to then practice. They, then they then they got postponed. They still got their shit kicked in anyway. But they just didn't play because they said it wouldn't have been fair because they hadn't practiced. Well, they're healthy. Like I said, last year Michigan State was on only got three week COVID pause. Got had one day to practice before they played Rutgers. Traveled to Piscataway, lost by thirty. Don't really want to hear about that. Sorry, don't. That's just ridiculous. My, this is it, plain and simple. If you think it's just freaking crazy that we could imagine that they just say, "Hey, we push these two guys," like say they really can't play, that we're under the limit. You guys think that that's like some conspiracy theory? Like we're talking about the nine eleven. Conspiracy level. This is not a conspiracy. This could easily have happened. Michigan's also trying to redshirt two guys. And I think they didn't want to bring their red shirts. Well, okay. That, I do agree. It would be insane to just be like, they have to play and burn their red shirt because of this. That is insane. However, I understand where, there's they're, like, I understand where they're coming from in that regard. My final point, Michigan State had four guys out for high point. They had all of them back four days later. For a game. Yeah. Michigan can't get any of their guys from Rutgers to play. Zero out of four. So Michigan State can get four, 100% of them, and Michigan can't get literally any of the four back. And you are telling me that you just cannot believe that they would ever do this. You are in denial. 
It would be so easy to do. And there was a reason to do it. If MSU can have any say in them replaying this game, I hope they say, screw you guys. Good luck. Okay. We've talked enough about it. It's not crazy to think. And by the way, Brandon Quinn, last year with the Ohio State stuff, he outright mocked people that were saying that they ducked them. This year, he said, i really been trying to uh, keep my opinion to myself. He's like, you know, things. there's a reason some of these people are upset. Totally different vibe. Just saying. He, what, didn't, call, he didn't say that they were crazy for thinking this. And I asked him, is it crazy for us to think a team with a track record on Twitter? And he said, it's not my place to... Yeah, he's just he's keeping his mouth shut, but it's pretty. Last year, outright mocked and made fun of people and that were saying it. it, it what, last year, they absolutely ducked football games. Like there is zero. They could have. Michigan State had a bunch of COVID problems going into that Ohio State game. They played the game and just got their shit kicked in. There's a difference between the two programs. I'm sorry, there is. And it would be so easy for them to have moved these players for this game. So it's a believable. Two, or two, B, um, very, like, possible, and C, there's a track record, and you think it's crazy. Okay, that's you. 2020 and 2021 are totally different. There are ways to play these games now. I mean, hell, Wisconsin had an asymptomatic dude. He was playing and wearing a mask. I mean... They didn't want to play the game, Ryan. Now, by the way, they (laughs) they found out a, a starter was out. A lot of speculation is that it was Hunter Dickinson. We we don't have to like sit here and be like secret about it because we're just saying there's speculation that it was Hunter Dickinson. You think that if that was the case, Michigan would have so badly wanted to go into a game with seven guys without their best player? I, I, because they're because they're such big competitors. I don't blame them, but at the same time, I'm still gonna mock them for it because they're Michigan. So, well, yeah, I mean. And it's not just Michigan State fans. You go on Reddit, there's a bunch of Big Ten schools. Yeah, this like, is a, hey, what's going Big on. Big Ten schools are kind of getting sick of Michigan's act here. They're it's starting to get old. Also, getting out of Purdue game. Now I get it. People got to be healthy. However, this was a really convenient time to get a reset. Just saying. Right, we'll see if that Illinois game gets played, man. Michigan right. State four guys back in four days. All four of them. Michigan's got to get their shit together when it comes to their COVID regulations and protocols. Yeah. They're, they're the worst really, in the they're, they're really bad. They are awful. What are they doing? Okay. Um, so, never got to see the game. Now, Michigan State is going to play... Um, they're going to play Minnesota, Minnesota, which we've already seen Michigan State play. And, and also Northwestern. North so there's really no point in, I guess, really having a mess. No, we're going to talk about it for a second, and then we're going to move on because we've seen them play. Uh, um, Minnesota, to me, is kind of starting to run out of gas here. Okay, like so would. barring any COVID shutdowns, which I, I'm guessing oh. is it's just possible at any time now, um, <laughs> whenever it seems like things might get tough. Um, Minnesota, solid little team. Things might be coming to a halt here for them, like Ryan said, because of their short bench. You know, over a, the long haul of a season, it's going to wear down on them. And um, Minnesota has now lost. 
two in a row. Um, pretty demoralizing loss. They, they to, didn't just uh, lose; they got killed by Illinois, and then you know it was double digits to Indiana. Um, coming to play at Breslin to a team that beat them at home, and it was a raucous environment. I'm sure that's not, um, you know, going to be easy on them. But I could also see a little bit of uh, an edge, like you're going to beat us at home, we're going to come and do it to you too, and you know. There were times when um, Minnesota was playing Michigan State straight up. It's uh, just, I would, unless things go awry, which against Nebraska, Michigan State could not run a set without turning it over, uh, turn over one in every three possessions. Yeah, unless something like that happens, Michigan State's probably just going to win this one, even if it's narrowly, just like they've been doing as of late. Um, Minnesota's a good little team, but... Against a healthy, full Michigan State team at home, not likely. And um, they are slated to win by 12, Michigan State. You have anything to add? I mean, like I said, I think Minnesota's running out of gas here. Like I said, what happened like a month and a half ago. So I'm not that surprised. That's true. Now, according to the analytics, Northwestern, who Michigan State play at noon on Saturday, um, they're a little better. They're still top 45. I top four. They Let's lost, just call it. They're forty fifth in Ken Palm. They're they top fifty. They lost three straight. And However, they, yes. Yeah, they and they lost. Uh, I, I I guess I would kind of classify that that Penn State game at home as a bad loss for them. That's a game you can't really lose if you want to make the tournament. Um, and it started with Michigan State. They were you know kind of feeling themselves, and then you know I watched that Penn State game. It was they they blew a lead. They imploded, and um. Kind of looking, you know, like a little shot. Their their confidence is is shook. That's what it looks like to me. Um, you know, they're they're in the Big Ten now, and they're they just lost three straight. That that's just not going to be good for your confidence. Um, I don't know what to say. Like Northwestern gave Michigan State a really good game, um, and there was a lot of Michigan State fans there. They. Uh, Michigan, I mean, that was the game with the crazy refereeing. There was a lot of mistakes on Michigan State's end in terms of how they were handling the ball. They were just giving it away. Um, the weird fouls at the end, I think, you know, this is a an eight-point Michigan State win on Ken Palm. I think that it's going to probably be like around 10, you know, if we're just going off of what we've seen before. Of course, there could always be a drastic, you know, Michigan State could miss every shot and Northwestern make every, you know, sh- shot. And I mean like threes or something. That can always happen. But um, no, no Big Ten team has has passed 70 points on Michigan State yet. And I just don't see Northwestern being that team. Um, and so they're just going to lose by default in that way. Uh, it'll probably be almost identical score to what was the last one? Oh, no, no, that was only six points. Yeah, it'll be more than that. It'll 70 to 60-something, 10-point win. Um, so, yeah, of course, two home games. They could always lose one. You know, we just talked about how they haven't looked good, and um, winning streaks usually come to an end with a loss. <laughs> I just made that up yeah, on the spot. Crazy, crazy um, stuff. No, 
I, it's possible Michigan State drops one of these. Uh, I think there's reasons for distraction right now, especially with the Michigan stuff. Um, they were probably overlooking Nebraska, to be honest. I heard some yeah. of the players talking about, you know, we've been already looking at Michigan State film before, which is, which is to be fair, Izzo's way. He, he uh, scouts the next two games so that guys aren't, you know, coming into a, a new game with a totally new scout that they have to memorize and there's a little familiarization there first. Um, I think Michigan at Chrysler, Michigan State going five, like winning at Chrysler, beating the rival, which I'm saying if it had happened that way, they would have been 5-0, and first place in the Big Ten. They would have five Q1 wins, most in the country, tied for. They would be... It would be a monumental win. It would. And not just because it's Michigan. Um, in terms of like how the record breaks, or the schedule breaks down, you know, they could really build off of that and say, like, we could go win this conference. Um, now they have to just kind of get ready for teams they've already played at home. But sometimes there's a little complacency. We beat them already. We've seen the scout. We remember them. Let's throw the ball out. We're at home. And maybe um, Minnesota Northwestern coming a little hungrier because they're a little more desperate. Michigan State, they got, they got games to drop right now, frankly. Um, so I would not be surprised if they come out and look like crap. Not at all, honestly. If they come out just shredding Minnesota, I would be very surprised um, and pleased, right? What is your, your thing in two wins? Yeah, I think they should win both games. Um, it's not like a profound no. prediction on our part. So we can get into our picks and then... Um, Do you want to talk about how they might possibly reschedule the Michigan game or are we not going to get into that? Well, Izzo today in his press conference said, looking at the schedule, it's going to be pretty difficult to know. find a spot. I don't know where they're going to find and a spot. I promise you this. He is not going to, this year, of all years, he's not going to do the anytime, anywhere, oh, hell any no. He, should, he shouldn't, man. This is a... Well, Michigan fans are already, like, mocking that, saying, oh, are you going to do it? It's like, first of all, you know, get a high school degree first and then, then tweet at me. Um, a high school diploma, sorry. <laughs> he's not going to help them out. Because it doesn't make sense, no. especially after, uh, you know, some teams proved that not being, um, I guess, fully honest um, all the way honorable in the way you conduct in the sport shows that you can win that way too. So, um him just saying, no, sorry, can't find another way. We showed up for that game, can't find another one. That's not um, lacking integrity. That's just... Yeah, common sense. Yeah, period. So, I don't know. I I hope that he doesn't. And if he does, I hope they just absolutely Blast them. destroy them. Yep. But it's annoying that they should have showed up with the team that they had, which was... I'm if they If they needed to win this game... To go to the NCAA tournament is the end of the season. They would have had seven guys. It's not, not our problem that you guys might 
not play might not play this game and uh you might need it for your NCAA tournament hopes. Not sorry man, not my problem. I'm not here to help you guys make the tournament. Especially you guys. I'm definitely not here to help you. And people so. are questioning that. It is very early. However, Michigan is one and six in Q one and Q two. It's not looking good. They're one game above five hundred. If I was a betting man, I would bet they don't make the tournament. They've lost multiple home games, multiple road games. This is uh this this is gonna come down the wire. Now, Big Ten has a lot of Q one opportunities. So if there were teams that you would bet on, you would bet on Big Ten teams. However, you gotta win the games. Can't my, just my can't thing, just my thing with them is I think that there that locker room I don't think is getting along very great from everything I've seen. So Well that's yeah, we're speculating now. But um I think that Michigan definitely has the potential to turn their season. Oh yeah, around. for they have the talent to do it. The numbers, about. analytics back up that I think that, you know, you've seen them blow some teams out. Maybe there was a certain matchup that worked there, but that all being said, um, they need to actually start figuring out what it is they need to do to get there because whatever they're doing is not working. That's easy to – that's not a very um, – that's not breaking news. So we're going to do our picks now? Yeah. Okay. Rutgers going to Penn State. It's four points for the home team. I'm going to take Rutgers actually here. Even though Penn State's been playing better lately, I'm still going to take Rutgers. Yeah, because I think it's so even. Rutgers could win. I'll take the team that's getting four extra points. All right, so. Um, Illinois is 13.5-point favorites going on the road to um, play Nebraska. Yeah, I'm betting against Nebraska every single time. I don't care how big the point spread is. Seems to have worked pretty well for me mostly this year. Pinnacle Bank Arena. Okay. Illinois has been really hammering teams. I'm going to take them. All they have to do is cover 14. They probably will. Yeah. Agreed. Minnesota, Michigan State. Now, we talked. We think Michigan State's going to win, but they have to win by 12 to cover. I'm going to pick Minnesota to cover. 12 or more. Or more than 12, I guess I should say. Give me the Gophers. I think Minnesota's going to win outright, obviously, but uh, yeah, give me Minnesota to cover that spread. This is tough. Michigan State beat them by eight on the road. Things have been sloppy. Minnesota's down, though. I'm going to take State. I think that they'll be up by more than 12 during the game. Do you agree? Yeah, at some point, for sure. It's They haven't been finishing too strong. However, I want to point out... I see a lot of Big Ten teams with double-digit, um, um, I don't know, leads. They got the starters out. Yeah. Izzo loves to get his bench guys tick, like, with 60 seconds left, something like that. Um, now, against Minnesota, that wasn't the case. My, my point is, is, you know, they get up by, like, 18. There's a minute and a half left. He puts in walk-ons. That yeah. just happens. Yeah. They hit... Two threes in a row, which literally happened against Nebraska. It's a 12-point win. Exactly. So that's my point is um, Michigan State, I think, has been really, maybe because of that, been bad at finishing the game strongly. Um, Maryland is going over to Evanston. Northwestern's favored by five. 
both these teams are really struggling. Maryland um, gave Maryland gave Wisconsin a really yeah. tough game last night, though. But man, North, I, Northwestern I, I, I'm going to take down. Northwestern though because they're at home, and I just don't. I I can't buy an American Maryland does road. well. It's not that far of a flight, but hmm, they've been bad. You know, what? I'm taking Maryland. That was my gut. You said Northwestern, <coughs> right? Yeah. My gut feeling. <coughs> I think they can give them a game. They're getting five points. Um, Ohio State going up to the Kohl Center. I think you've said this before. I think there's something in the water at the Kohl Center. Yeah, I'm taking Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin by two, by the way. And um, it's interesting because the only loss Wisconsin has in Big Ten play is to Ohio State. These are two one-loss Big Ten teams. This is a very big game, actually. OSU's kind of been living on the edge, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're a prime target to circle and say, this isn't going to last much longer. Like, consistently. Um, this is a big game, though. If you're looking like for something that means something to Michigan State, this is a game. Because they're both one-loss Big Ten teams. Uh, I'm just going to take the home team. Uh, that's all I could say. I don't know. Like, they both have the same colors, too. It's just... Like, nothing to me. Um, I hate one more than another. Wisconsin. <sighs> okay. Brad Davison. Uh, I'm not sure you saw. Had a nice uh, little incident again in the Iowa game. Kicking yeah. out his leg. You know, yeah, great. I mean. Oh, my God. I cannot. None of this is any bit surprising anymore. But that isn't not a dirty play it's just a cheap play yeah. which is just a good way to describe him as, as a basketball a player, player. Yeah. cheap um okay indiana iowa hawkeyes are ba- are favored by 3 they're the home team i always got to win one of these games at some point i guess they've been struggling i mean they beat maryland at home. i think they beat maryland at home and they lost every other Big Ten game, but I used been playing better lately. But I'll I'll take the home team and the points. Hmm. I'm just probably mostly because you said Iowa. I'm going to take Indiana, but I think Indiana is trending upward for the exact moment. That's basically I all I can. I do agree with that. I agree with you that they're trending up, and they're getting points. You know how I yeah. Okay, Nebraska, Purdue. Purdue is um, at Mackey, 22-point favorite. Again, a rule of thumb, picking against Nebraska every time. Don't care how big the spread is, even if it's that big. Give me, uh, yeah, give me Purdue. This is a very much, like, feel-good game for Purdue. I have no – I just can't in my head see a way that Nebraska, like, matches up against – the bigs on Purdue, they're just going to feed him on every play. And, um, however, this is 22 points. That is a massive spread. Like, they could they could be up by 30 and then put the walk-ons in and then blow this. That's so many. Um, I'm going to take Purdue because I was convincing myself early. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm betting against Nebraska. Doesn't make a lot of sense because Purdue can't beat anyone by a lot right now. Um, but it's Nebraska. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let's see how. Uh, what was um, the big on Nebraska's name? 
he's just murdering. Ah, uh, Walker. Too. Yeah. Let's see how he does against Travion. He has no chance against Edie. I don't really even understand. Zach Edie should be the best player in Travion's, the world. Travion's <laughs> Travion's coming off the bench now. It's crazy. Um. Yeah. It's. It's just crazy. It, I'm scared to think about when we play Purdue. I mean, it's at home, so I feel better about it. But. That's, yeah, just that little bit. And then I think about the matchup. Um, Michigan playing Illinois. This is in Champaign. Illinois' eight-point favorites. We'll see if this game even gets played. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Illinois. Yeah, that seems like an easy one as well. And there is a sort of emotional reason. Oh, um, yeah. And they they uh, just say Illinois is not huge fans of Michigan. They they would very much enjoy, like, destroying them. Michigan will be coming off of a COVID pause. And, um, you know. Like I said, we'll see if this if, game even gets played. If they don't play this. I'm not saying from my perspective. Oh, my dude. The if they don't play this game, the Illinois fans on Twitter are going to have a field day. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> like, they think we were bad. Illinois fans will be worse than we were. They will, they will be worse than we were. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not kidding. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. Um, taking Illinois because they're home and they have been the best um, team in sort of point margin in the Big Ten so far. Um, next game, Northwestern, Michigan State. It's eight points for Michigan State. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. I'll take MSU. Northwestern's really struggling. Oof. Yeah, I think Michigan State will probably win by 10 or so, but I hate that we both picked Michigan State to cover. Oh, you didn't. Never mind. I did not pick okay. them to cover the Minnesota. I hate that I did, but I don't know what to tell you. Um, Rutgers, Maryland. Maryland's favored by five. They're the home team. You mean Rutgers? Yeah. Rutgers with five points on the road, I like it. Now, I think that that's going to be a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers win that, wins that one outright. They could, for sure. Um, Penn State, Ohio State. Ohio State is ten-point favorites at home. Uh-uh. How about pick Penn State? I don't like that. Number. Totally agree. I mean, they're getting road upsets. Ohio State's just begging for upsets. Yeah. And they're supposed to win by 10. They can, sure. I would say the... the they are probably 10 points better than Ohio State. Yeah, but I'd say the odds that they don't I mean, cover this are, like, more than 50%. Right. Um, Iowa, Minnesota. Minnesota is at home, favored by three. That's an interesting line. Really Did I get that right? I, yeah, I think it is. You are right. Just it, operate as if it's right. I'll check. Yeah, you're right. I was favored by three. Oh. I was going to say. Uh, now that that's changed, give me Minnesota. Kind of need that game. Yeah, they kind of need that game, if we're being honest. Oh, wow. I I just don't trust Fran McCaffrey in anything either, so that also plays a factor into this. Man, I want to cheer for Minnesota. I really do. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be rooting for Minnesota to win this game. 
I'm going to take Iowa. You said... I took, I, took, I took the Gophers. Yep. All right, big one. Very relevant to Michigan State. Purdue, Illinois. This is on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, this noon is at game. noon. Um, this is a home game for Illinois. They are two-point favorites over... I really really like the way Illinois has been playing lately. I'm going to pick Illinois. I think they're the team to beat in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, I think that Purdue needs this bad. And that makes me think um, they're going to come in hungry. The matchup is fascinating. Coburn versus Edie is going to be fun to watch. They can bang, though. The the bodies on Purdue, which uh, means... Is Carbello supposed to be back? Uh, res- reports coming out that Carbello might never come back this season. Wow, that's a That's a big loss. might there in my sentence. However, that is true, that some Illinois fans are questioning the possibility that he even returns this season. Um, I think because of Edie and Trevion, um... Because of those two, I think that it's going to be really tough for Coburn to stay out of foul trouble, and I think Purdue might get this one. So um, that's how I'm – you want anything else to add? Uh, I think that's pretty much everything. All right. Well, um, hoping for two more wins. Michigan State wins these two. They're 6-0 in conference. I mean, you can't really ask for much better than that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really complain about that for sure. Uh, it's a big if. they got to go out there and win these. But until then, go green. Go white. Worlds without end. In these galaxies, every possible reality exists. What is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others. Here, all is real and all is illusion. What is, what was, and what will be start here with the words... In the beginning there was Howard the Duck.